Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. If it's your first time to be with us, there's a connection card in the chair in front of you. Would you take time to fill that out? And as you're leaving today uh, or tonight, uh, the ushers will be there at the door. You just hand that to them if you have a prayer request. If you didn't get the teaching notes uh, for tonight, if you'll raise your hand, the ushers will be happy to give those to you. It'll be easier to follow along. Just raise your hand and they'll be able to help you to get that, all right? Let me just say one thing too. Tomorrow night we start our first uh, class for TFH College of Biblical Studies. It's not too late for you to sign up, and um, it's going to be a great course, and you can, you'll have to hurry, but you can go on to tfh.com, TFH Bible College, TFH College, whatever it says here, tfhcollege.com and sign up, all right. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Acts chapter 16, and uh, it's kind of interesting how God has just opened up these Wednesday nights. Last month, I started uh, talking about end-time spirits, and last month, I talked about the spirit of Jezebel. Uh, That podcast, by the way, I would like for you to go on to our website and to sign up for our podcasts. And by this Sunday, this weekend, that podcast of the Jezebel Spirit will be available. Been doing some editing, getting that ready. And then the one that I'm going to do tonight. But there are several end-time spirits. Uh, The Jezebel Spirit we looked at last week is a controlling, deceptive spirit. Some of you come from a family of a Jezebel Spirit. And it's not just a woman. It could be a man. It could be anyone, all right? So if you weren't here last month, you want to be sure you get that podcast. But tonight, I want to expose the python spirit. Say python. It comes from Acts chapter 16, beginning at verse 16. I'm going to read um, quite a few verses there, so if you want to follow along, it'll also be on the screen. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. One day, as we were going to the house of prayer, we encountered a young slave girl who had an evil spirit of divination called the spirit of python. She had earned great profits for her owners by uh, being a fortune teller. She kept following us, shouting, These men are servants of the great high God, and they're telling us how to be saved. Day after day, she continued to do this until Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, Indwelling her, I command you in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to come out of her now. At that very moment, the Spirit came out of her. Those of you who have all the questions are wondering why is she saying that? Why was Paul annoyed? At the footnotes of your Spirit-filled study Bible, it addresses that. And if you want to know more, then you need to come to the Bible College in June because I'm teaching the Gospel of Mark, and I'm going to teach that, all right? And when our owners realized that her, their potential of making profit had vanished, they forcefully seized Paul and Silas and dragged them off to the city square to face the authorities. When they appeared before the Roman soldiers and magistrates, the slave owners leveled accusations against them, saying, these Jews are troublemakers. They're throwing our city into confusion. They're pushing their Jewish religion down our throats. It's wrong and unlawful for them to promote these Jewish ways, for we are Romans living in a Roman colony. 
a great crowd gathered, and all the people joined in to come against them. The Roman officials ordered that Paul and Silas be stripped of their garments, beaten with robs on their rods on their bare backs, and they were severely beaten. They were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them securely. So the jailer placed them in the innermost cell of the prison and had their feet bound and chained. Paul and Silas, verse 25, undaunted, prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God. And while all the other prisoners listened to their worship, suddenly a great earthquake shook the foundation of the prison. All at once, every prison door flung open and the chains of all the prisoners came loose. Startled, the jailer woke up, saw every cell door standing open, assuming that all the prisoners had escaped drew his sword, and was about to kill himself when Paul shouted in the darkness, Stop! Don't hurt yourself! We're all still here. The jailer called for a light. When he saw that they were still in their cells, he rushed in and fell trembling at their feet. When he led Paul and Silas outside and asked, What must I do to be saved? And he went on and prayed that prayer, and he and his entire family were saved. It's interesting that there are only a few times in the Scripture where the Lord names a particular spirit. But here, He gives us a name of this particular spirit that has uh, been having a stronghold in this area of Philippi and in this area of Asia. And I look at that and I wonder, why did He give us that name? And I think there's a couple of reasons. First of all, I think he wants us to understand that spirit and be on guard against that spirit. Here's an interesting thought. Spirits never die. Angels never die. So the same Python spirit, the same Jezebel spirit in the Old Testament that we looked at last week, they just reinvent themselves. They just do an extreme makeover for a new generation. And they use different music, different methods, but they're the same spirits. Now, Python, uh, it, it talks about uh, uh, the, the Python spirit at the Auric of Delphi in Greece was part of what all of this was from. But it's really also talking about that snake that we know, a huge snake we know as a python. The Burmese python is only about 18 to 20 inches long when it hatches. It's small enough that you can hold it in one hand, but then it can grow to over 18 to 20 feet long, weighing over 200 pounds. The Florida Everglades right now has over 100,000 free-roaming pythons gobbling up all of the other animals in the Everglades in fact, recently, National Geographic published an article about a corpse of a 17-foot python weighing 164 pounds and having 87 eggs inside of it there in the Everglades. And now they're moving out of the Everglades in this direction. People buy them. They get too big. They take them out in the countryside and they let them go right in the place that python spirit can grow stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, on the YouTube, there's a four-minute video, we're only going to see 30 seconds of it, that's all I can handle, of a large python in the Everglades 
curling around. You won't, you won't see that. But what you're going to see after he's curled around and stifled the breath out of a full-size gator, he's swallowing that gator whole. Watch this. 30 seconds. That's all I can handle. All right, here it is. Watch that. I don't do snakes. The python, spirit of python, the python bite is not poisonous. The teeth of the python are curled inward. And here's what they do. They grab close to the head of their victim and they sink their teeth into the victim. And then they begin to coil around the victim. And uh, then uh, they, they grab and, and tie all up to the neck, and they squeeze. And what happens, it begins to squeeze the breath out of its prey. So, here, uh, so it starts curling around, and whatever it is, a gator or a, a raccoon or whatever it is, tries to take a breath. And when it exhales, the python takes another strong in. And so he tries to get a breath, and the python grabs quicker. Another breath, and the python grabs quicker until it literally squeezes all the breath out of its prey. God said it was the spirit of a python because you see, the spirit of a python, what it wants to do is the same thing to us as believers. It wants to squeeze the breath, which is the Holy Spirit. Remember? Jesus breathed on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When the Garden of Eden, God leaned over and he breathed into man. It's that breath of God. It's that spirit of God. And if we allow the python spirit to coil itself around us and keep stifling out that breath, we get to the place that we operate as a believer and as a church only in the intellectual organized way, and we don't have the supernatural power of God. He, he, will, he will squeeze out the anointing from you, and you'll just be performing or entertaining. A python spirit had a stronghold in Philippi. And when the man of prayer, look at this, when the man of prayer headed to the house of prayer, the spirit launched its attack against Paul, brought a distraction, a full-blown trial, the python knows that its power of authority in the city of Philippi can be dethroned by people that know how to pray. And as we sing that song, breathe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Why don't you just take a deep breath right now and just symbolize breathing in the power of the Holy Spirit. The ultimate goal of a python spirit, an evil spirit, is to put you in bondage and to thwart your purpose. Let me share with you tonight how you can recognize some of the signs. It's like I said last week when we looked, last month when I said we look at the Jezebel spirit. Don't just say, well, I've got that one and this, this. But when you see a, a, a plethora of these, 
then you might ought to say and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you as this python spirit been operating in your life. We're not talking about demonic possession. We're talking about a spirit of the world, a spirit of the enemy that's trying its best to squeeze the power of the spirit life out of you. Here's one of the signs, constant struggle. A constant struggle in your spiritual life. It's as though everything is a challenge. Everything is a struggle. Serving is a struggle. Praying is a struggle. Even worship is a struggle. You don't even have the freedom to get your hands up to worship God. There's no joy in what you do. It's like everything you do that has to do with God is a constant struggle. Now, every once in a while, we all hit a struggle, but if you're in this period where you feel like you've just been wrapped up and everything is a struggle, there's never any freedom, there's never any joy, then maybe you need to say, have I allowed a python spirit to begin squeezing in my life? Here's a second sign, a loss of spiritual desire, a loss of spiritual desire, a loss of passion. Maybe when you first were a believer, you had a passion for God. But you see, the python doesn't kill its prey like that. It's not like a rattlesnake that puts it to you and you're dead in a few seconds. But he's got plenty of time. Slowly, methodically, wraps around. Methodically, grabs his hold until he squeezes the breath out. And the loss of spiritual desire... All of a sudden, what will happen is life issues begin to arise and wrap themselves around you and to distract you. You become too busy to pray, too busy to allow the Holy Spirit working in your life, too busy, and it literally squeezes out the desire that you had for God. It also brings about the next one, physical fatigue. The prey struggles and struggles and finally can't struggle from the python. And it drops into weariness. Look, when you're sleeping 8 to 12 hours a night <clears throat> and you still feel fatigued, you still feel sluggish, I mean, you can't even hardly move. You feel like there's a 200-pound snake around your shoulder. It could be that the spirit of python, it, it, it may not be that you need to go get another physical exam. But you may have a physical thing that's happening because you've allowed a spirit of python to, to squeeze the life of the spirit out of your life. Here's another one, lack attack, lack attack. It seems that all of your resources are drying up at the same time. It's like one thing piles up on top of another, another circumstance, and another circumstance, and another circumstance. One problem on top of the other. And then you start hearing this voice that says, one of the, one of the intriguing things about a python is that when it first grabs its prey, and especially around the neck, it takes its long tongue and it begins to slither all over the face of its victim, making a hissing sound. In other words, just really focusing. And sometimes that's how the enemy does us. He, he, he begins to tighten us up and then, then he begins to say, say things like, you're going to operate on this level for the rest of your life. And it's lack and you're never going to have enough. And it's not just finances. It could be lack of love in your marriage. 
You ever wonder why it just seems like the same thing? Everything you try to do, you, you go to a conference, you read a book and everything else, but it just seems a constant lack of love in your marriage, maybe a lack of joy in your life, and you just think, like, things are never going to change for me. Here's another sign, a weak prayer life, a weak prayer life. The spirit of the python, the python spirit hates prayer. It was as they were on their way to prayer. The python spirit hates prayer. When you don't pray, you leave your angel unengaged. Hebrews says our angels are ministering spirits to us. But if I'm not praying, I can't dictate, tell my angel to do something. But if I have an angel, which we know that we have at least one or more assigned to us, unless I'm praying to God and God then can send that angel as a representative for me, then in the heavenlies that I can't see, that angel that wants to bring breakthrough is not able to break through because you've allowed the python spirit to swallow up and to pull life out of you and you don't pray anymore. What little prayer you do, it's on the hoof. You know what I mean? Out the door. Help me today, Jesus. Another crisis. Help me out of this one, Jesus. Help me out of this one. That's that's a prayer that you pray. Help me. Give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. I need more, right? See, when I read the Bible, I'm breathing in. But when I pray to God, I'm exhaling out, exhaling out, and praying his word. So that's why the enemy doesn't want you to read the word. He doesn't want you to pray, because when you, when you read the word, oh, you're breathing in that word. And then when you begin to pray, you're exhaling out, and, 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 and you're praying. You see, some people get so tight by the spirit of Python. Every Sunday they came to church, they come to church just barely existing like, oh, help me, please, help me, just keep me alive. One more Sunday, if I, if I can just get enough, I, I just don't, I can't even breathe. Just, oh, help me one more time. How much longer are you going to do that? How much longer are you just going to struggle between Sunday to Sunday? Scripture says, whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. If two or three gather together in my name. That's why Saturday morning prayer is such an important time. And another, another characteristic is that you feel overwhelmed and hopeless. Not just a one-time thing, but it's like a constant pattern in your life. The, the sheer size of the python overwhelms its prey. And it's sort of like, what's the use? This thing's got me. There's no hope for me. And, and so instead of entering into a spiritual battle, we just give up. Some of you that are here tonight have been in a season of spiritual battle that's stretching out and you've almost come to the place that you're so tired and so weary and so overwhelmed and feeling like nothing is ever going to change. You're just about to take your last breath. But it's good that you came tonight because the Holy Spirit wants to infuse you with a fresh breath of that anointing so you can take a deep breath and you can break that spirit off of you tonight. Another, another characteristic of this, of this python spirit is old thoughts and habits begin to resurface. Old thoughts and habits begin to resurface. It was said that she had a familiar spirit. The word in the Old Testament for that is oboth, which means familiar spirit. The slave girl was thought to be able to consult 
the dead to guide the present. So here's what was happening. People from the past controlling the present. That's what they thought. So to accomplish his agenda, the python spirit will use your past against you. There will be a voice that will come to you. Well, you know how it is in your family. Everybody's been divorced. So you're going to be divorced. There's no hope in working on that. Everybody in your family never owned a house. Everybody in your family has always been poor. Nobody in your family ever went to college. Nobody in your family, you know, nobody you know has a great marriage. And so you, you just, and, and, and so those words just began coming. And so people let their past control their present. Oh, you can't forgive that person. They did you wrong, and they haven't even asked you to forgive them. Just about the time you feel like you're about to get a breakthrough, about the time that you feel like you're about to get over what that person did to you, that python spirit begins to bring up a familiar spirit from the past, something that should be dead, that you, you pull out and you bring it here. Or, you know, just about the time you're ready to break through, oh, God, I thank you. This is the week for breakthrough. Man, I'm, I'm just about, tonight I'm going to raise my hands. And so you get about that high, unless you go into a ball game, you can go crazy. Or you go to some concert and you can go crazy. But when it comes, it's just, it's just I, I can't get it any, any higher than that. Well, the reason is that because just about the time you think you're going to break through and come to another level with God, the enemy brings up your past, the sin that you did, the failure you did. Oh, God, I'm so sorry again, and I, I know because I did that, you're, you're not going to be able to use me, are you? I'm, I'm sorry, what are you talking about, God says? Well, you know, God, how I failed you like 20,000 years ago. But yet, a familiar spirit, your past, is trying to control the present and your future. God says, if you ask me to forgive you of that, I threw it in a bag, threw it over my shoulder in a sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. You see, if you go north to south, you can find the north pole and the south pole. But if you go east, you'll find yourself at west. If you go west, you'll find yourself at east. There's no place to find the beginning of the east and the beginning of the west. God is saying to somebody here tonight, the python spirit has pulled your past out too many longs, too many times, and has kept you from the present, and he squeezed the life out of you. Another thing the familiar spirit does, or the python spirit, it restricts your growth and limits, limits your influence. It's restricts restricted growth and limited influence. This, is a, this was a missionary to Asia. This was Paul's first move into Asia. This was the expansion of the kingdom into Asia. And the python spirit wanted to stop the expansion of the growth of the kingdom of God. And so it thought that it would pull itself and stop this movement and put limitations. Now look, Paul cast out the evil python spirit from the young lady. But now the python spirit, which is a stronghold over that region, is ticked 
off at Paul and Silas. And so what do they do? They bring all of this conflict, all of this difficulty. See what he's doing? Trying to wrap around them, trying to steal the breath, trying to constrict the movement, trying to stop what God wants to do, and here, uh, putting limitations. And so some, some of you, the whole, uh, this python spirit tries to put limitations on you. You say, I, you know, you know, I know about the power of the Holy Spirit. I know that miracles are real. I know that healing is real, but it's not for me. I, I know I, it's just not for me. And you feel like there's just a ceiling over where you go. And you say, I can only get this far. I, I, I hear somebody in their spirit say, you know, I pray, I break through, I begin to confess. And it's like, I get this high and I can't break through any farther. It's like, it's like I'm confined. It's like I'm limited. And I wonder if I'm ever going to break out of that. Do you understand what's happening? The python spirit knows that if you ever break out, that if the kingdom of God ever touches beyond Philippi into Asia, there's no stopping of that. And if you get rid of that python spirit, and you, there is no place that you can be held back when you get free and able to move in what God has for you. The severity of these symptoms depends on how long the enemy's been coiling itself around you. Around and around. He's got plenty of time. You want it now. But he's got plenty of time. He's patient. He's patient. They actually steal the life and the breath out of some of their prey. And wait for them to deteriorate before they ever swallow them. The enemy's in no hurry. So how do we get free? I want to know how to get free, don't you? I don't want to mess with this thing, all right? Here it is. We have to change the atmosphere. We have to change the atmosphere. Have you ever realized with some of the people that you try to counsel and talk to and encourage that sometimes you can't counsel people anymore. Sometimes you can't reason with people anymore. Used to be you could reason with somebody. I mean, sin is in their life. You sit down, you reason with them a little bit. But there, is a, there, is a, there, there are spirits today that keep you, you. You can say things to people, and it doesn't register. You can warn people. If you don't change, this thing's going to suck the life out of you. And it's just like they just ignore that. And, and, and they just ignore that. Ephesians 6 and 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. I think a lot of people read it like this, For we do not wrestle. Yeah. We, we don't wrestle. I just, whatever comes will be, you know, it's God, you know, it's like, God, whatever God sends me is, is what I'm going to get. Where do you read that in the Bible? Where do you read that in the Bible? Scripture says, read it with me, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts <clears throat> in the heavenly places. Listen, the python spirit can attack anyone. You don't have to be in sin for the python spirit to attack you. Paul was a man of prayer. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 14, he said, I pray in tongues every day more than everybody else at the Corinthian church. But yet, in spite of that, in spite of that dynamic spirit prayer life, on this particular day, he was constricted by that spirit of python. 
the battle that we face happens in two different atmospheres. First of all is the physical atmosphere. That's where we can see, smell, hear, touch, and taste. But the other is the spiritual atmosphere. That's where we can't use our human senses, but we have to use our spiritual sense. Have you ever walked into a room where people were and you just sensed a tightness in the atmosphere? Or we call it sometimes tension. Right? And you think, whew, uh, I got to excuse myself out of this. I got to move on. Have you ever been in a church where the atmosphere was so, so strained and tight that you couldn't feel any breakthrough? Sometimes when we start worship here, it's just like oh, the python wants to just say, I'm going to just squeeze everybody. I'm going to pull them down. But as you just continue to sing, as you continue to lift that up, it changes the atmosphere. You see, that's why it's important for you to be in church and not just watch online. Because you can't catch at home the change in the atmosphere. At home, you still got the nagging, the fussing, the carrying on, and all that sort of stuff. But when you get in here together, we all kind of work together, and we begin to change the atmosphere. So I challenge you, when you come to a Sunday or a Wednesday or something else, and you sense, you'll sense it in the spirit. You won't see it like Oh, there it is, hanging from the rafters. No, you sense it. You, 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 you'll sense it. Well, what, what's wrong? What, what's, what's wrong? Why, why, isn't, why aren't those words going with, with power? Why isn't that song reaching out? You know what it is? It's the python spirit in the atmosphere that you can't see that wants to squeeze it out. And so what happens a lot of times, a lot of people just say, well, let's just give up, close the Bible, and go home. I guess we just didn't catch it on that one. No, when you push through, you push through. It's in your prayer time. You get right down to prayer, and everything goes wrong. I mean, the Jehovah's Witness come and knock at your door. Everybody else, I mean, everything else is going wrong to sort of pull you away distract you from prayer or it just feels like you get tired you get sleepy you think of a million things your, your phone keeps ticking somebody else calls you in the midst of all that why because the python spirit doesn't want you to have that he doesn't he wants the atmosphere around you to be tense some of you your home your marriage is a constant tension place you know why because your heart is wrapped around by spirit of python and you haven't had that freedom to just even love your spouse. All you can do is nag your spouse. All you do is find fault with your spouse. All you do is tell them or judge them what they should do. And the atmosphere around you doesn't happen. It's the same way. Listen, before Satan takes somebody into temptation and sin, he gets them into an atmosphere. An atmosphere of drunkenness, an atmosphere of anger, an atmosphere of hatred, and he gets all of that. Just as Satan uses an evil atmosphere, God responds to an atmosphere as well. You ever think about this? He is everywhere, right? Anybody doubt that? God is everywhere, but he does not manifest his presence equally everywhere. Scripture tells us, and we'll read it in a minute, God manifests His presence where the atmosphere is right, where there's an atmosphere of love, obedience, forgiveness, worship, and praise. Look at Psalm 22 and 3. But you are holy, enthroned 
in the praises of Israel. We often say it like this. One translation says, you sit in the midst of our praises. That word enthroned. See the word enthroned there? I love this. It means he feels comfortable enough to sit down in a place where the atmosphere is filled with celebration, praise, and worship. When the atmosphere is filled with complaining, fault-finding, murmuring, gossiping, it doesn't invite the presence of God. Look at your neighbor and say, you're supposed to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Well, I tell you, in our home, it's just, it's just always tense. In our home, there's no love. In, the, in our home, look, you're, you're not, I didn't ask you to be a thermometer. How about being a thermostat? How about you change the atmosphere in your home? How about if we change the atmosphere wherever we go? You say, well, how do I change the atmosphere? Two real quick things. First of all, you call on the Lord. Say, call on the Lord. Call on the Lord. I tell you, if, trust me. If a python grabbed a hold of me, I called for somebody. Say, Sean, bring that new 380 Slim you got and shoot this head off of this thing, right? Just don't call Phaedra. Uh, Psalm 116, verses 3 and 4. Here's where some of you are right now. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Read it with me. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. I don't believe. A python get a hold of me. I say, Lord, help me out of this, please. Jesus. I say, hey, Lord, it's me. Standing in need of prayer. So why, why can't we call on God like that? Why in our homes can't we call on God like that? Why have we become so quiet with our prayers and reserve that our own kids have never ever heard us pray out loud? But yet we'll teach them about everything else. We'll teach them sports. We'll teach them business. We'll teach them a lot of things. We'll help them learn how to drive. We'll get them a car. But we never teach them how to do spiritual warfare by praying out and calling on the name of the Lord in our families, in our marriages, in our churches, and in our lives. We are so constricted and so quiet, no breath left in us. I'm trying. Here's the next one. I call on the Lord and keep a spirit of prayer and praise. Keep a spirit of prayer and praise. Paul and Silas were in physical pain. They had publicly been humiliated. They were slandered. They were maligned. They were in the grip of the python spirit. And now they've been beaten, and now they're in jail, the inner part of the jail, and their feet are in chains. Their back is bleeding. Their face is bleeding. They have bruises on their head. They have several options. They can lie there and lick their wounds. Oh, poor me. Ever since I've tried to become a Christian, I've had problem after problem after problem after problem. 
Or they could complain to one another about the situation. Can you believe this, Brother Silas? No, I can't believe it, Brother Paul. We give our best. We tithe. We give. And it just seems like everything is breaking. Everything is falling apart. I don't know what. Look, an atmosphere of murmuring, an atmosphere of feeling sorry for yourself will not move and invite the presence of the Lord, especially when we fail to call out to Him. I mean, they could maybe meditate on the persecution. And they could decide maybe we should abandon trying to move into Asia. Wouldn't that be what the, the python spirit would want? You know, well, maybe this is a closed door. This is maybe not God's will. How many times have we come up to that and that things are not working the way that we think, but yet we still know God has told us to do that. But it's not working and it's hard. And if we're not careful, we say, well, I guess if it's the Lord, it'd be easy. Heck, whoever told you that? Everything I've ever experienced with the Lord, every new move I've had, every deeper place, higher place, I've had to fight and crawl and claim and pray and believe and call out and pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Where do we get this thing? Well, it's just easy. I'll come church, but don't expect me to do any more than that. And so we just get all tied up. But they didn't do any of that. You know what they did? They left us a model for how to get break, break free. The scripture said at midnight. Say at midnight. Midnight prophetically talks about the coming of the Lord, the bridegroom. He sends for his bride at midnight. Midnight is right before the breaking of a new day. It's at the darkest tower. It is that time that they began to pray and sing praises. You see, we break whatever spirit off of us. And then a midnight season, when it seems like it's darker than it's ever been, that we just simply say, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to get my hands up. I'm hurting, Lord, but I praise you. I don't understand why I'm going through this, but I praise you. I'm not going to back away, but I'm going to praise you. You see, and then boom, 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 boom. All the prison doors began to open. The Lord said, watch this. When my church gets free, when my saints get free, Watch those that have been in prison and you can't get them out into addiction, into pornography, into so many other things, and you can't get. But watch what happens when my saints get free and they are free in my spirit. Watch the prison doors open and see a harvest. Amen, amen, amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps will be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.